All right, hey, welcome everybody that's starting to tune in. It's Sunday night. That means it's time for another episode of Shop Talk. We're going live with this one in just four and a half minutes, and what a show you are not going to believe this. Chopper Charlie is actually checking in from Slovenia. I don't even know where that is, man. Where in the world is Chopper Charlie? We're going to find out. We're going to find out everything about his trip right now because he is on an absolute adventure. We're going to bring it all to you here tonight and uh, and get into the business of, of, of real riding a motorcycle because my man is getting it. we got lots of other stuff coming up tonight, man. Tech tips, feature bikes, event reports, everything you'd expect in 90 to 120 minutes of all the bullshit we can fit on Shop Talk. Four minutes out now. Make sure you hit the like and share button. Let your friends and neighbors know we're getting ready to go live with Shop Talk and you should be here. Get ready. should mention that this is not your regular shop talk program that's why you're not seeing the chat box on the left hand side this is a pre-recorded show nothing wrong with that we're out on the road looking to bring you guys more content somewhere right now between myrtle beach and and tennessee where we're going from myrtle beach bike week to tmmr um it's gonna be fantastic Fantastic, and then it's off to the Sons of Speed race, the first Sons of Speed race happening in Tennessee. We're going to bring all that to you once we get back to the studio, 50 floors beneath the street level through the courtesy of Dennis, Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Just two and a half minutes now. You got to run quick, get a drink, kick back, and relax. Get ready for Shop Talk. Two and a half. shuts off that it's not going to come back on (laughs) so yeah man pre-recorded show tonight but unbelievable i i know what you're about to watch and it's still blowing my mind chopper charlie it's hard to make us jealous for a riding adventure but boy he sure is doing it and uh doing it on a long chopper too this dude is no joke some great stuff tonight though like i said in the tech department josh balds from still city blacksmithing is putting together C.T. Newman's exhaust fixture. If you haven't seen this thing out at the shows, man, this is priceless. It's a fixture that goes on top of your bandsaw, keeps every cut perpendicular, no matter what angle you're doing. It swings around for angles. Josh was nice enough to grab this thing from the Grease and Gears garage and put it together for us live for you guys to see. And a big shout out to C.T. Newman for providing us with a great tool. Just a minute out now. We're one minute out from launching Shop Talk Live. Want to give some uh, some head nods at the, the usuals. I know they'll be here watching. Probably Nancy Weems, Steve Boyle's in the house, Dan Toast, Mike Draco. Mike Draco's always first in. He's got to be here. Rob Nussbaum will be watching. Go ahead, you say. David Crumb and Jeremy Sather <laughs> and Jeepers, don't you know? I do, I do, but it's a lot. It's a lot. 
And listen, we honestly can't thank you enough for tuning in every week to our program here. If you don't know, you can pick this program up after the fact. If you're not watching it live, you can watch all of the episodes on our YouTube channel. You can even hear them in podcast form. If you go over to the Psychosource Magazine website, there's a link there for all of the episodes in podcast form. Um, But right now, let's not dilly-dally. It's time to get this thing out of the station and up onto the tracks. Let's go live with this week's Shop Talk. Here we go. Scooter Tramps and Chopper Jockeys all across the land. It is just after 9 p.m. on Sunday. That means it's time for another episode of Shop Talk. Through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio, we're going live with this one. Well, actually, not entirely live. Live Live-ish. And it's probably 9-ish. So we're on the ish train. Well, it's pre-recorded and pre-scheduled, so I know it's actually on time. (laughs) So a couple things real quick. Okay. I want my own sound effects buttons. No, absolutely not. I deserve my own sound effects buttons. <laughs> and those five minutes are the longest five minutes of my week. I feel like a little three-year-old that like wants to throw herself on the ground because I have to wait for something. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I have the sound effect button. <laughs> it's like forever. It's like a dog. You're, it's like now and forever. The five minutes are forever. You're such a child. But listen, we got a great show lined up for you guys tonight. Um, really, really lucky that we pinned Charlie down that he actually had internet in the middle of nowhere where he's I could have talked to him all day. I know, it was so like, good. all damn day I could have talked to him and had so him tell good. the stories. So very good. But uh, great show packed up here. And um, without any any hesitation, we're not going to do news tonight. I'm not I'm not going to keep holding up this knife that Heather's yelling at me for. You'll see throughout the show she yells at me for I'm holding like, up a knife. Put the knife down. <laughs> put the knife down. Like he's a fidgeter, I get it, but it's probably not good. Like here's a pencil. You're okay, a writer. Let me let me there have the pencil. Go. There you go. Okay. So, um we're not going to do news tonight. Instead, we're going to dr- jump straight to um some straight event to the coverage. Good parts. We're going to jump Isn't that a song? We're going to jump to event coverage first. Oh, um, well, that's a good part. Yeah, we have so much event stuff to go through. If you guys are interested in a lot of our stuff, you can hop over to the Cycle Source magazine YouTube page. We have um everything's now broken up into departments. So, how you would expect from a magazine, there's events, there's feature bikes, there's tech there's product but um a lot of event stuff starting to roll out here and we're just playing catch up still from daytona so this actual event comes to you from daytona bike week dennis kirk um garage build show that happens at the broken spoke and let's go on location Daytona Beat Florida Bike Week 2022. I'm Heather from Cycle Source Magazine's Grease and Gears TV coming to you live from the Broken Scope Saloon. Today, 
is the Dennis Kirk Garageville Bike Show Day. I'm so happy to be here. The sun is shining, the weather guys are looking down on us, and uh, it's a beautiful day. And it's a Friday, and it's bike week, and there's no snow, and there's no rain. So uh, anyway, so today, like I said, is the Dennis Kirk Garageville Bike Show here at the Broke and Spoke Saloon. This is for the amateur home garage builders. If you are a professional, you can come hang out with us. You can admire all the hard work these home builders did, but you can't enter your motorcycle. The great thing about Dennis Kirk and the Garage Build Show is it's open to all classes. Every make, model, shape, size, you name it, it's welcome here. Um, we've got awards in 13 classes. Chris and I will be judging that later along with the help of uh, some of the fine folks from Dennis Kirk. Good morning. Um, but enough for me jibber jabbering, blah, blah, blah. Let's show you a couple of the motorcycles that we have. Let me flip you around and see what we got. This here is my neighborhood. This is like the Q Bridge. It says old, old school forever. Down here, the artist doing a little extra something I didn't know about. It has me getting chased by the cops on my old pan head back in the old days. I, everything you see, I redid everything. When I got it, the heads were cracked. Everything was just a total mess. It didn't run at all. So what I did, I stripped it completely down. From the frame up, I did everything myself. The engine, everything I've done myself, minus the powder coating. Photo mine in Kentucky took care of that. The, the Gallup system exhaust. Uh, I'm a big fan of the of the the old XRs. And for some reason, I just I just wanted to put it on there. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're gonna burn up your bike or your leg," and uh, you know what? I didn't care. I thought it was awesome. So um, it just it just screams. Uh, the, the front bearing uh, area. Um, I, I just think it was just so necessary to do it. Um, I know the 1200s come with one, and uh, it actually just gives it that more aggressive look. Plus, when you're you know flying down the highway and this bad boy, you need some type of wind deflection. You know what I'm saying? I bought a 2017 electric glide. Uh, I bought it as a police bike. And then uh, I bought it the day my sister died. And then uh, the last year and a half I've been building it. And uh, I've done everything to it. I painted it myself. I bought a powder coat oven. Uh, I powder coated everything I could. And then my exhaust, I Cerakoted. I had to cut my oven apart and expand it so I can fit my exhaust in. First, first paint job. In 2020, when uh, 
you know, everybody was burning down the cities and nobody was doing anything about it. And in the song, he says, we're watching old glory come undone. So it's kind of the significance of it. You know, I've got the flag on here. It's getting faded and tattered in the rear. I've got the uh, guy fighting for the country, 1776 in the front. In the rear, we got pictures of people, you know, burning the flag and that. And uh, just about freedom and about losing our freedom. So then I started building the, as, a, as a costume for myself and it became kind of like, almost like an art project after a while. Everything had to be just right for me. And I redid things several times to get it to this stage, you know? So reverse motor, reverse head motor, extended frame. And then this is a seat that I helped make uh, to keep my ass planted on the seat, and it uh, came out real nice. And I don't know what else, a little bit of everything, you know. I've changed the lights, I've put more lights on the back. I like to be able to make sure that that car coming up behind me knows that it's a motorcycle and not a set of taillights way off in the distance by the time they realize that they've hit you. Same way with the dual headlights. They think they can pass another car. They see those headlights, they think that's a car way down the road and you might be right on top of them. So I put the extra lights on each side so you can tell that it's not just a regular car. It was rebuilt, it was just a mess. I took it apart, I got the Porco frame, built it. I wound up finishing it in 1978. It's been pretty much this way since. I've redone some chrome, updated some stuff, but still got the 55K model front, front brake. It's got the 55KR exhaust pipe in the front. You see how it's got that nice smooth radius. And I've just been riding it and maintaining it since then. Uh, this will be the second bike that I built, and I just really wanted to do, try to make as much as I could by hand. But, but yeah, I just did it out of a little 200 square foot garage, and it was like working in a hallway in there. <laughs> One night we were sitting there working on the, uh, working on the bike, and they're really, uh, we're just finishing it up. We really didn't have an exhaust. We had some old fishtail, fishtail tailpipes laying around and that, and my daughter wanted to learn to weld. So the one night I uh, took out the old sputter box, the old sputter box was sitting there and stuff. I had some wire coat hangers and we welded that tailpipe onto the headpipe and 
There it is, it works well, no exhaust leaks. It sounds like a sewing machine, just like a flathead's supposed to. My daughter's 14. I hope you're safe, happy, and healthy. Be kind to one another, ride safe. We'll see you soon. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Dennis Kirk studio. We're here with a, um, an episode of shop talk. Thanks for joining us tonight. And, uh, man, what an incredible, incredible guest we have lined up for you guys and almost impossible odds to actually make this happen. I can't thank him enough for doing this, but we actually have everybody who's a fan of the magazine and reads the magazine knows, um, chopper Charlie's columns from it. And, uh, he is set out on an epic adventure and i am a hard person to use the word epic but this deserves that nomenclature and probably even fancier words that i had don't have the depth for <laughs> but um we were lucky enough to um to to set up a little time that we could grab them real quick in the middle of this and um i don't even want to i don't even want to waste any more time for me trying to describe what's going on let's go and and bring chopper charlie on just Hanging Out in the Shop is brought to you by Spectral Oils. Made in the USA since 1966, the best oil on planet Earth. Charlie, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. How are you? Dude, I cannot believe. Thank you so much for doing this. I can't believe we actually have this opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're done good. Uh, I'm here at a campsite in uh, Croatia. I already forgot the name of the town. Stargrad, Croatia, and uh, luckily they had not only Wi-Fi, but a restaurant here I could sit in, so it actually worked out perfect. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Like, I, re I get to read your articles when you send them in, and you make me want to ride more. You make me want to be a better writer. But, like, Absolutely. following your, your, your journeys and your travels and seeing you post on social media, my... God, what an amazing, amazing adventure you're on. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, I can't complain. Um, and actually, I was just realizing that tomorrow will be six months uh, on the road since I left the house. Wow. Um, kind of looking back on that, and I, I looked at my GPS, and I, I'm at about 22,000 miles since I left. And, um, yeah, man, it's been good. Well, you know, let's, let's take a minute just for everybody who might not be familiar with what's going on here and start sure. from the very beginning, what your assertions were, what you set out to do and, and, you know, up to, up to including where we're at today. Let's just start at the beginning. Yeah. So, so the, the, you know, the goal of this trip, the original intention was to do a complete lap around the globe, uh, starting from, you know, my driveway at home and, um, doing a lot of zigzagging around the U.S. and Mexico first, basically just kind of waiting for uh, at least, you know, early spring to hit because, you know, it's still the middle of winter, you know, when I left. It's snowing and freezing cold. And um, so then I got to Europe here a couple months ago uh, with the intention of continuing this journey around the globe. That was uh, originally supposed to have taken me across Russia all the way to the far east to Vladivostok and Magadan, 
uh, and the Road of Bones. Um, you know, it, when I started this trip, everything was, was looking positive. I had my visa lined up for Russia. Everything was moving forward just fine. And then, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, two, three months into the trip, uh, everything started to change. And what I what I thought was going to be my biggest hurdle, which was COVID, turned out to not be an issue at all. And, um, you know, since then, borders have closed. Uh, there's no way I'm getting into Russia. So, uh, you know, that now has me in kind of a weird, a weird spot not really knowing what direction this trip is going um in my head because i'm a little stubborn uh (laughs) i'm trying like hell to just somehow find a way to still get around the globe um but there are some very big roadblocks in the way uh that i have just yet to find a a solution that i would deem adventurous and uh and that isn't basically just throwing money at the problem because you know i I could always just do that um you know i could i could create the bike ship it over to the next country which would be india basically at this point and then continue the journey from india to vietnam but had you know to me that there's there's nothing really that fun or that cool about that um so I've been trying like hell to find a way to get between basically Turkey and India. That's that's kind of that gap in there that I'm trying to navigate and trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B in a, I don't know, just a more interesting and adventurous fashion instead of just loading the bike into a crate and shipping it to Mumbai or Delhi or something. But I've been coming up pretty empty-handed in that, in that department, so... You know, it could be that I just kind of have to kind of swallow my pride a little bit and uh, and just ship it, or 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 decide that this just isn't the year for this. Uh, get into you know Far East Turkey, maybe up into Georgia, and then turn around and come back to Europe, which is uh, you know at the end of the day it's, it would still be an amazing trip. Um, like I said, I'm a little stubborn. And I, I set out to do a lap around the globe, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. So, at this point, it's just kind of all up in the air. <laughs> let's go. Let's go back for a minute. You know, not that I want to let the the hurdles that you're facing overshadow any of the other stuff, but I want to I want to talk for a minute just about the mindset because everything that went down with with Russia and Ukraine and everything that was unfolding while you were in the middle of this. So Correct. what I want to ask you about is is what's actually going through your mind because when you're I've I've been on some pretty serious trips nothing nothing as as big as this but I've been on some pretty serious trips and like there's just there's just a point where you get to where you know your your resources are at hand you are responsible for your own survival and you're you're in touch with that like that's that's happening in the moment but there yeah. are, there are things beyond your control and the thing that you can't stop is you can't stop thinking about them you know and it's right. it's constantly all you have is that time you know and while you're supposed to be going through your daily checklist and listening to the bike and everything that's going on there you know these thoughts are pounding through your head what was happening for you as this started to unfold oh man you know i, I was still in the u.s when it all started to unfold 
Um, so obviously the, you know, the question mark of, well, do I just pump the brakes now or do I carry on to Europe and, and see what happens, uh, which is obviously what I ended up doing. Um, I think I was hopeful, um, you know, for a number of reasons. One, I don't think anybody wants to see war in general. So I was hopeful that it would just be a, a quick blip on the radar and Russia would change their mind and back out and everything would go back to normal or, or as, as much as they could after that. Um, so I pressed on, you know, I, I came to Europe and, uh, things just gradually just kept getting worse and worse with that situation. And, and then, you know, soon the reality kind of started to set in that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to Russia. And it, I mean, it wasn't until probably three weeks to a month ago that I finally kind of came to terms with that. Um, but, you, you know, I say that, but that's uh that's a very, a very pri- you know privileged problem to have. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, there, there, there are a lot of people fighting for what they believe in and dying for it. And, and, uh, that obviously takes, you know, precedent over anything else. And that, and that's the important, you know, that's the part of this to really think about, you know, not some guy just out on a motorcycle trip. who can't take his trip cause he wanted to. No, but I, th- I think it's important to, uh, to illustrate the parallels of thought because, you know, we've almost over, over the decades now that things have, things have changed between U.S. and Russia relationships, we've almost got to the point that, that you wouldn't even think about that, you know, and a very, very different thing in that setting for, for people from other countries around Russia that have to deal with it. It's not as amicable, you know, or as we, as we perceive it to be amicable. Like we think about things now, like I've had a bunch of friends that are in and out of Russia. They do, you know, motorcycle trips there and everything. And, and we've just got to a point where, you know, we kind of, everything sort of got to a lukewarm deal and, you know, this quick, all of that changes, but really, yeah. really in that area, it's, it's never been that comfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think there's been conflict in a lot of those countries for a long time. Um, yeah, it's just really sad to see. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to be involved in it. Uh, you know, the, you know, the people that are boots on the ground anyway, I don't, I'm not sure any of those people know what they're exactly they're even fighting for, hmm. you know, but. Well, obviously we, we send our, our thoughts and prayers to everybody there, you know, and, and hope that there's hope that there's an, an end to this, but, um, yeah. Let's like I said, I don't wanna I don't wanna let this overshadow the trip. Let's let's sure. talk about some of your some of your highlights, the the things that you've done so far because really, you know, what you said, if you if you had to turn around right now or, you know, the next couple steps into the journey, I don't I don't think you could say that you were shortchanged at all. No, no. I mean I mean pr- pretty much any way I look at it, this will be a pretty amazing trip by the end of it. You know, and, you know, I left my house, it was basically snowing and freezing cold uh then you know a week and a half later i'm down in puerto Vallarta, mexico where it's 85 degrees <sighs> you know only to turn around and come back to the snow <laughs> but you know and then um you know i started working my way up the california coast and then a friend of mine uh uh we got to we got to joking about how i should i should 
try to get to the furthest point away from Miami as, as possible within the States. He went to Nia Bay. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Nia Bay. And, I'm so uh, sad they a- didn't let you in. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were pretty displeased with me even asking. Actually, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got turned around pretty quick, and by the time I had my helmet back on, there was a cop sitting there watching me, watching me leave. No kidding. Oh, um, what a shame! It's beautiful. Chris and I were yeah. fortunate enough to go there on our honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was beautiful. I've heard it's, it's pretty incredible. So, um, yeah. So basically, ended up there on a dare because um, it's like, who, who the hell would go there in the middle of the winter? Um, so I thought, well, yeah, screw it. I'll go. Um, so, so yeah, so then, you know, that put me, I don't know, close to 4,000 miles away from where I was supposed to be, uh, which is Miami. So basically, uh, left there, headed straight back South, uh, back to where it's somewhat warm and then made, made, you know, made my way over to Miami. Yeah. And you had to, place. You yeah, had to hang ahead. in Miami for a little bit before you could, before you crossed the pond, right? Oh yeah, you were kind of yeah, restless was, there, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, I I uh, had to try to fully assimilate myself in the spring break 2022. Oh good lord, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like you know I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life, <laughs> but I've always like kind of take a little pride in, in the fact that I can take a trip and, and most of the time it'll go well because I've, I've done it enough to like think through all the little small things that, you know? So the fact that I just completely overlooked spring, that spring break was happening and then decided to put myself in South beach. Oh. It's really embarrassing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how did I even do that? It's unbelievable. Like South beach, during spring break is is like got to be a modern day form of torture for anybody <laughs> in, over the age of like 26. Oh yeah, I don't think I like, could handle that. Inmate, like inmates, like if you get arrested and you were like over the age of like 30 years old, they should send you to spring break Miami Beach. It'd <laughs> be horrible. It'd be worse than jail. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so great. That's like yeah. I just recently heard about a family who took like a large family vacation ended up in Sturgis during the rally and didn't know it was happening. Like, didn't know. How do you miss that? Like, how do you miss that? It's the Sturgis motorcycle rally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same thing. It's like, how, like, how do you not know that? And this was like the leave it to beaver family. You know what I mean? They were like, (laughs) yeah, they're actually Mennonites. Should not be there whatsoever. Yeah. So now your your photography is outstanding. It's oh my god! Very comparable to your writing because you're a beautiful writer. On a consistent basis, you make Chris and I both want to be better writers. Um, Thank you. But dude, it, like some some of the shots as we're going through your Instagram, and and anybody who's not following this cat, traveling chopper on Instagram. You you can virtually go through his entire trip so far, but the photography alone. We'll keep you busy for hours. And I mean, it's not like you can tell, too. It's not been all sunshine and roses. You've had some mechanical issues. You've had some mm-hmm. really bad weather. Yeah, a like, lot of bad weather. Like some of the wet, like just in your last article and what you've been posting, like I would have given up 
I would have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. How do you find <laughs> the wherewithal to continue when it's freezing cold and snow and sleet and like, you're just like, you have to do it. You have to get to your look, next look spot. At, or? Look at my man right here. <laughs> Damn. Oh my God. Yeah. That road right there was like that. That was like riding your motorcycle through a bowl of chili. Oh like, no. It was just like the sloppiest, gooeyest. Oh, it was horrible. And it's not like you're on an adventure no, bike that can handle that. That's you what are I on a to like eleven foot Evo chopper. Yeah. Yeah. This is this no, is for an real. Bike. <laughs> it is for you, but <laughs> you know, it's not like and I know you have an adventure bike at home. You have a BMW. Actually, I don't anymore. Oh, you I don't? Sold- no, I actually sold it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, this this is I mean, this is where your heart is for oh, sure. Oh man. But oh, I love that stuff though. But so now tell us some of your like some of your highlights and lowlights because again, it's not been all sunshine and roses. No, you know, it's been a lot, a lot, a lot of bad weather. Um even since I got to Europe, just tons of rain, um, multiple snowstorms. Um actually I have a funny story. So speaking of snow. So, where was I? Oh, I was coming over the Pyrenees. Um, is that right? So the Pyrenees or the Alps? Um, oh, that's right. I was going from Austria into Switzerland. And I, I came through this tunnel. And when I came into the tunnel, um, you know, it was cool. It was probably 45 degrees. Uh, it wasn't, you know, nothing terrible. Um, and dry it wasn't bad um and i, and I came into this tunnel and I, you know i didn't really know what i was getting into but it, it turns out this tunnel was like 12 miles long and it got really really warm inside it so i was actually starting to get a little bit overheated and um and my visor kept like fogging over because it was just so damp uh inside this tunnel and then i started approaching the end of it you know after a while and you're thinking like good lord like where's the end of this tunnel and um, I started approaching the end of it, and I can I can see now like light, and um, and I started as I get closer, I'm thinking like, man, it's really kind of hazy out there. And uh, I get closer, I'm like, man, is that like what is that? Is that is a real dense fog, or is it raining, or like what's happening up there? And I come out of this tunnel, probably 65 miles an hour into just an absolute whiteout <gasps> snowstorm just these just massive flakes within you know within like five seconds my visor is just completely covered in snow and i'm just you know scraping immediately start scraping the snow off it and i kind of panic for a second i'm looking down at the pavement thinking oh my god is there like snow on the road like what is happening here and um i mean you know thank god Luckily, the road is just wet. I can just imagine if you came out of that tunnel just careening onto a patch of ice on a oh, motorcycle. Geez. It'd be horrible. But um, that's awesome, though. I love that stuff. I, you know, and then, you know, and that's, you know, it snowed for, I don't know, maybe another five or six miles or something. And then the flakes started to get a little smaller. But it was pretty awesome, though, to come out of that tunnel. To just you know, just, you know quarter-sized snowflakes. It was beautiful. Oh, I, I mean, bet. it's just absolutely beautiful. 
you know, then you start dropping in, in elevation, and you know, because that tunnel is kind of the high point there. And then you start dropping, and then it, you know, the flakes start to get smaller, then it turns back to rain, and it just dried out completely. But so, I mean, I part of me kind of gets off on the bad weather. <laughs> it's more of a of, challenge, right? Yeah, it is. I almost kind of enjoy it in some ways. Yeah, you're like, you can't. This can't be too easy. Well, yeah, and I mean, exactly when it. when you set out when you set out for a trip like this too, the the whole point is to go places where other people aren't see things that other that other people don't get to see that you personally haven't seen, and right. and that's man, I can tell you just from from my Alaskan highway adventure, you know, there were there were times there were I lost track of the day because. I just it seemed like every twenty miles there was another thing that I just stopped and and yeah my mind wandered in the splendor of the things I was looking at you know it, it doesn't right. it doesn't matter at that point what the weather is what the schedule is where you have to be next like every all of that fades away yeah yeah I agree and and that's exactly why you know for most of this trip you know I've been you know more so since I got to Europe um, you know I've been. I've been lucky if I make over 100 miles a day. I was going to ask you that because I'd be stopping like, and I'd have to take pictures of everything and really just kind of take it in and live it. I think there would some days I I wouldn't get far. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's days I feel like I'm stopping every five miles to take a picture. You know, next thing you know, it's noon or one o'clock and I'm like, good Lord, I've only made like 40 miles. (laughs) How can you You not though? I mean, let me, let me put this, (laughs) let me put this picture. I don't even know where this is. Uh, Switzerland, but, but dude, look at that! Look at that blue, blue water. Like you, you can tell yeah. that that's like that's like glacier-fed river. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. So now, yeah, how... it's, it's it's hard to even keep your motorcycle on the road sometimes. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. So, how long have you allotted yourself for this journey? About ten months. About ten months. So you have a, like another four left. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be home by like I don't know, early September, end of August, somewhere in there. So, and all while you're on this amazing journey, I have to tell everybody that your incredible wife is in the desert serving our country. Yeah, yeah. I'd be kind of pissed at you if I were her. (laughs) I'm just saying. You know, we've had our moments. No, I'm sure. But listen, I'm sure at one point or another she's she's going to get to see this and and Kayla, thank you so much for your service. Thank you and every other service member right now who is providing people like us with these opportunities because that's the truth of it right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, in my mind she's doing something uh a lot more cool than what I'm doing. So Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't feel that way. <laughs> or, no, she doesn't feel that way, but it's definitely more noble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So now, like you said, that one of the coolest things was coming through the tunnel. What's been one of your hardest like hurdles that you've had to overcome other than your, your change in travel plans? Um, yeah, I mean, that's been kind of the biggest, uh, at least emotional hurdle anyway. Um, you know, I've definitely had some hard days. Um, you know that you know being alone all the time. You know it does kind of take its toll on you. Um, you know, luckily I, I'm a, I can be a bit of a loner anyway, so I, I don't inherently have an issue with that. But you know, there, there are some days you're like, man, it'd be nice to have somebody here. Um, you know, especially because I tend to have a bad habit 
of, of going up roads that I probably shouldn't be on. Um, so, yeah, like that picture there, you just, you just pulled up. Like, you know, yeah, that's, that, that was a pretty easy one. Although I do remember that day. The road did kind of fall apart on me a little bit. Yeah, um, Because I don't really look at a map a lot of these days. I just kind of pick a direction and go. And then, and then I just take a road and just say, well, I don't know. Let's kind of head the right direction. Let's see what happens. And sometimes the road just, just kind of, you know, they turn the dirt and then they turn it into like two track and, and, and you just keep going. And, and you just, the problem is that you don't really know where the end of it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, there's always that risk of getting yourself, you know, 20 or 30 miles down a, you know, two track. And next thing you know, you're just standing, standing in a river. Um, and then you got to turn on and go back, which always sucks. And, and, but me up, I love those roads. You know, I, I got on this road in Spain, and um, it, it was kind of one of these situations where I was on this just beautiful road, relatively smooth, nice and narrow, uh, twisty, tight, curvy, basically everything you're looking for. And then, uh, you know, I, I see this road coming up, and I look to my left, and I'm like, oh, look at that one. Well, that looks even, well, that looks even better. So I take off up that road, and... There's a there's a reasonable chance that I was probably the first person on that road in about a month. Oh, jeez. Because uh, I didn't see anybody for like probably three hours, and uh, you know the vegetation was starting to take over the road, growing into it. You know, and which is always a sign that there's not much traffic. And, and the road itself was probably eight feet wide. Um, terrible condition. I mean, just horrible potholes, cracks. I mean, like spine tingling, you know, kind of roads. And <laughs> same thing. I just kept thinking, like, oh man, it's got to get better at some point, <laughs> or, at least, or at least like, you know, or at least like the next turn I take will be nice and smooth or something. And no, man, fucking thirty, thirty-five thousand, you know, thirty or thirty-five miles down this road. Yeah, that was a good stretch right there. Yeah, for me, um, I probably would have been like, this is it. This is how it's going to end for me. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, get stuck yeah. out here. They're going to find my bones in a couple months. Well, not on this road, because you, you can see it's, it's next to a pasture. It's a it's farm there. So eventually the farmer will come out there and find you. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be okay. Oh, we'd make it. Oh, too much. But yeah, so... So I'm going up this road and it just is going and going. And after a while, I'm almost starting to get like a little bit annoyed. Like, oh my God, this is just horrible. Because I tried like going faster to try to smooth it out and that didn't help at all. So I'm doing like 20 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, right when I think it just can't get any worse, uh, the pavement ends and then it just turns to dirt. And now I'm like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. Um, So it was probably another 20 miles of dirt before I finally found pavement again. And, uh, you know, I'm just out there in the middle of Spain. I've totally lost track of where I am at this point. But then, but then the magic of it was that I came up on a paved road and it took a right turn. And it, I swear that they had just paved the road the day before. Oh, wow. It was the most buttery smooth, nice and wide, big shoulders, the, the whole thing. It was incredible. You know, and then within like five minutes, I'd already forgotten about how miserable that other road was. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> so right incredible. But, you know, it's, it's days like that sometimes, we're like, you know, like, 
sometimes it'd be nice to have somebody with you. You know, your yeah. kids are thinking, yeah, what if something did happen out here? Like, no one knows where I am. Right, right. No, there's no tracking beacon on my motorcycle. It's like anybody would ever find me. But, you know, even more than that, you and I, you and I share some of the same metaphysical perspectives. And I've told Heather, like, for a long time now, I've been going the second, third, sometimes 15th time that I've been to a place, but it's her first time, you know? Yeah. And when she asked me about that, I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. I've seen the most amazing things in my life, but when you don't have the ability to turn to somebody and say, hey, did you see that? Look at that. It's, yeah. it's this much less. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like a brat and say that, you know, it, it wasn't cool at all. It's great that I got to do it, but it's so much better. Like you said, when you get to actually turn to someone else and share that moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah, having yeah, yeah, sharing that experience, it it, it definitely adds that extra layer of awesomeness. It's even, it's, even, <laughs> it's even better when I don't have to say, "Hey, would you please put your phone down for a minute and look at this?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, man. Will you stick around with us for two minutes? We're gonna real quick. We're gonna okay. take a look at a feature bike, and uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, I wanna I wanna take a minute with you and get into the people because I've I've yeah. read some of your your excerpts, and uh, that's got to be one of the coolest part of this too. Yeah. Yeah, so sounds good. All right, man. Hey, you're watching Shop Talk with uh, with Chris and Heather, and um, man, just a, an amazing story we're getting to share with Chopper Charlie. I'm so jealous. You're taking me to Europe. <laughs> period. All right. Like, well, stick stick around. We're gonna take a quick break. Um, take take a look at a feature bike, and on the other side, we're getting back into it with Chopper Charlie. Don't go anywhere. You're in the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio watching Shop Talk. Riding takes you from A to B or just lets you escape. There's a flow to the road you share, so go with it. Eyes open and always have the Law Tigers by your side. If you've been injured in a motorcycle accident, visit us at lawtigers.com. Law Tigers, America's motorcycle lawyers. Hey, it's Billy from Twisted Team. We're live in Sturgis and you're watching Shop Talk. Proven performance is not some sort of empty slogan or marketing catchphrase, but a way of thinking a mantra, and something we've practiced every day of the week for the last six decades. Designed, manufactured, and tested in the heartland of America. On and off the track, SNS Cycle is the first choice in power sports performance. Out of Focus is brought to you by Garage Build. Submit your build, share your passion. Powered by Dennis Kirk.
Andrew Leibman from Levittown, New York on Long Island. I got a 1971 XLCH, that's a Harley Davidson Sportster. Uh, the CH was kickstart only. Uh, it's got 10 and a half to one compression, 60 weight oil. It can be fun to kick sometimes if it's under 50 degrees out. I bought this bike in 1976 and it was, considering it was only five years old, it was a wreck. It was rebuilt, it was just a mess. I took it apart, I got the Porco frame, built it. I wound up finishing it in 1978. It's been pretty much this way since. I've redone some chrome, updated some stuff, but still got the 55K model front, front brake. It's got the 55KR exhaust pipe in the front. You see how it's got that nice smooth radius. And I've just been riding it and maintaining it since then. I have an 81 FXE. This bike is a right side shift because they used these originally for oval track racing, the dirt racing. My FXE, of course, is left-hand shift. So I'm sitting at a light one time after two hours of riding and I'm wondering why the heck my bike isn't going into gear and I damn near put a hole in my boot trying to shift the brake pedal. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Because if you're leaning away over in the dirt, that thing would be shifting out of gear all the time. Originally, I wanted that shovel when I was young. I bought this because I didn't have the money back then and I just, I just stayed with it. My wife loved riding on it. She used to lean back on that bar and then I got the bug again to get that shovel. And that bike's kind of stockish. I just, I love riding a rigid, man. Love feeling the pebbles, the New York potholes. <laughs> no, it's not fun. I mean, I'm, sometimes I split lanes, but in New York, they set up roadblocks and they will pull you over and write you up for everything if you're splitting lanes. So it would be nice because that hour and a half to two hour commute home at five o'clock for 28 miles would be a lot faster splitting lanes. Uh, I like the way I did the braided wiring. The wiring's got to be seen, so I just wanted to do something a little bit different. The wiring is, uh, you know, I'm patriotic, so the wiring is red, white, and blue. The fact that I still have a lot of old parts, like I mentioned, the front wheel and brake from the 55K model. That rear, that rear brake I bought used in 1974 at a swap meet. And the fact that I built it myself. I didn't do the engine work. When I first did it, I brought it to Roland Thunder on Long Island in Hempstead and I had them balance it and that was probably the best thing I ever did. I spent the money on that and it's helped the engine last. I've done the top end a couple of times. I live in a Levitt house. They're small to begin with. So my what was a one car garage, I pushed my kitchen out into about eight foot in the front so it's flush with the garage door. I moved my oil burner so I got a chimney in there. I got no laundry room so I got my dryer in there. I got a refrigerator freezer in there. I got a generator and air table saw in there. So I got a little tiny workbench where I do my cutting, grinding, polishing, cleaning, painting, and engine rebuilding. That's my garage. You got focus, you got tools, you got help from friends when you need it. You don't need a huge place, right? It's nice, but more to heat, more to get dirty. I am Andrew Leibman, I'm from Levittown, New York, and I am here at the Broken Spoke of Daytona for the Dennis Kirk Garage Build Show. All right, hey, welcome back to the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. You're watching Shop Talk, and uh, tonight we are live with Chopper Charlie Weissel, who is out on the road 
living living the dream, man. He's absolutely doing it with an incredible attempt to circumnavigate the globe. But you know everything that that happened with the the uh, the Ukraine Russia situation may have impeded that, may not. The one thing that it hasn't done is has stopped an absolutely incredible journey. So. Charlie, man, when we when we left for the break, we were talking about we just got into the people. I wanted to see if you would share some of some of the stories of the people along the way because I know we've had a couple really really great article series in the magazine over the years where the people end up being the best part of the trip, especially when you're going into foreign countries. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, there's been I mean parts of this trip that would uh would have been exceptionally more difficult had it not been for you know it'd be you know, people in the motorcycle you know community that have basically volunteered to help me out um you know beer poot over in holland you know i stayed with him for a, an entire week um while basically waiting for the motorcycle to arrive in amsterdam and then you know he's nice enough to drive me out to the airport to pick it up um you know, there have been people all along, all along this journey, you know, people on social media, the, you know, hundreds of people that have sent me messages saying, hey, if you're in the area, if you need something, let me know. Yeah. If you need a place yeah. to stay, if you need a shop, let us know. Here's my, here's my address. Here's the town I live in. Um, you know, I, sometimes that take people up on that stuff, you know, not all the time, but just the fact that that offer is there is, is priceless. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to, you know, stay with a few people that I've known from previous trips, uh, you know, crash on their couch or in their spare bedroom. You know, that's always nice. And it's all, you know, it's always nice to have a couple of days off the bike to spend with people that you already know. Um, and just kind of get a little bit of a mental break because you kind of need, kind of want that every once in a while. Um. And then, uh, you know, just the people that you meet along the way. This was well. This was the one post that I was that I was talking about that I read. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That was a funny situation. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of say it there in my post a little bit, but um, just to repeat it. That was it's kind of funny because I had rolled up into this little vi- village. There's not much more to the village than what's in that picture. Um, and yeah, I'm not kidding. You know, there was a church on the other side of the road, and that's about it. But so I, I, I pulled up to this intersection, and that little cafe there was on my right. And I kind of paused, and I was like, hey, maybe we should pull in there and grab a cup of coffee and maybe a croissant or something. And um, for whatever reason, I was like, now nah, I'll, I'll head up to the next town. And then about a mile down the road, you know, I, I changed my mind. I was like, ah, screw that. I'm going to turn around and go back. So I turn around and go back, pull in. And that couple there in the picture were, were kind of basically standing in the window watching me pull up. And um, and then as I walk in, you know, it's, it's, everything's pretty normal. <laughs> and I just order a cup of coffee, and he's looking at me, looking out the window at the motorcycle. And finally, he's like, you know, as he's handing me that cup of coffee, he's finally like, I, I know you. I, I, I've seen you on YouTube. And I'm thinking, like, no way, man. Like I'm in the <laughs> middle of, middle of France, like in this remote, tiny little village. Like, no way. Yeah, man. Sure enough, he had totally seen a YouTube interview that I had done with somebody. 
knew already knew all about what I was doing and where I was going. That's so crazy. Knew the, whole, knew the whole story. It's incredible. Is so it we like for probably an hour and just you know shooting the shit? That's awesome. But like every now and then something like that will happen to Chris and I, and I can't decide if it's like crazy cool or creepy. Well, and, and you know what I mean? Because no, you're just not creepy. not creepy, but it's just like I it's, think it's eerie because you start to realize at that moment how small yes. the world is, how how special life our is. Commu- like, well, you, you in get our a, community in particular, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, so I, <clears throat> because you, you you just use that word creepy, it made me think of of another uh, situation where something like this could happen. Um, I was at a campground. I think it was in Belgium. And uh, I just posted a picture of the campground, and I tagged the name of the town, but not the actual campground. And and then, um, you know, I was there for probably a few hours, and then I, you know, and then I get this Instagram message from a guy saying, "Hey, I know exactly where that campground is. Um, I live just around the corner. I'd love to come meet you." I'm like, "Yeah, cool. You know, sure." So he comes over and introduces himself. We, you know, we, you know, talk for maybe half an hour, and but you know, it's already kind of late at this point. And um, actually, if you can find that picture of uh, of the motorcycle with just the sleeping bag, okay, it's it was that campground. It's a little bit older, older than those. Um, but it was just interesting, you know, that you know, what are the chances? Right. Oh, maybe I didn't post it. I think you're. No, not that old. That's back in. That's back in the states. I don't. I don't know. I thought I had it on there. It may be in a series. Yeah. 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 Oh, it probably is. Yeah. Um. But a you know, you know, but a buddy of mine was like, "Oh, that you know, that's that's kind of creepy," and I'm thinking like, "No way, man." I think it's it's awesome. It is it, you know, th- th- that this motorcycle community is is so small that you know you can be in just, again just some random little town in Belgium at some random campsite, and some guy looks at the photo and is like, "Oh, dude, I live like four blocks away," and and he just walks over, you know, and introduces himself and hangs out. But then, you know, the best part about the story, which which I love. Because I think it, it just goes to show how, how just how awesome people are in general. Is that the next morning, you know, I was, you know, it was pretty warm when I went to sleep, and so I didn't bother with the tent. I just had my sleeping bag out on the ground, and uh, well, I wake up to the sound of somebody crunching across the grass. Oh no! Because it's frozen. Oh no! And uh, it, it's this guy the night before bringing me. Uh, pastries and hot coffee nice that's awesome like man that is just awesome yeah. like i just got woken up somebody hand, hands me fresh pastries and hot fresh hot coffee and says i gotta go to work great to meet you have a wonderful day that's awesome yeah you know and, and i think creepy was the wrong word i think what i more what i meant to say is i'm not accustomed to the reach of social media making yeah. people recognizable. 
Because oh, like, like I'll give you that. You know, that a very strange situation. Yeah, I, it's happened probably six times on six. Yeah, at least six times on this trip where I pulled into a town and uh, somebody saw me coming in and then followed me to wherever I you know decided to park. You know, they're like, hey, I followed you in the town. I saw you coming in. I just wanted to I wanted to meet you. I follow you on social media. Um, I've had two different truckers. You know, that wall is just sitting on the side of the road pass by and they honk their horn and I'm just thinking, oh, just a friendly trucker, trucker honking his horn. And then later that afternoon I, I get a message from somebody like, hey, that was being the truck. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it is it's pretty yeah, awesome. It, it's a weird it's a weird feeling though, you're right. Because it's and for me, like I never quite know how to handle it. I get a little almost uncomfortable, but but you like know what, I'm, man? I'm flattered, but awkward. This is <laughs> this is the thing I I tell everybody that that does stuff with us with PsychoSource. We're we're so so lucky to do the stuff that we do, and and the proof of that is there are people around the world just like that guy that every day they're going to work, they're doing you know their their same thing and putting their time in, but the the dream of having an adventure like that, you know, is just yeah. that's. <laughs> What? I'm sorry, you're waving a razor blade in front of the camera. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Yeah, it's probably not a great tool for illustrating my my metaphysical thought. But, but ser- seriously, you know that. I mean, that's that's really where that's where it comes from. You know, we we have the opportunity to live that life to to bring this stuff. That's why you know a lot of people see how much media we try, we try to pull out all this stuff and and that's why man, you know, I want I want everybody to go on as much of that ride as I can because it mean it does yeah. it means so much to them. That's what brings us together. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And you know, and that's what I'm always hoping to do too is just hopefully inspire people to get out there and do the same, you know. I I tell people all the time cuz you know, I, I constantly get messages from people saying, like, man, I wish I could do this. wish I could do this. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, man, I'm I'm nothing special. You know, I if I can do it, you can do it. No, you I know? think I think quite the contrary. I think you inspire people on a regular basis oh, yeah. to do those things, even if it's just the, the weekend trip. Because there are a lot of people that won't leave their own little community on their motorcycles. But you push yeah. them to go just a little bit further and a little bit harder. And and that happens. Like, we get messages here, and I, I try to forward them to you when, when I can, about how much they enjoy your, your stories and, and how much you've inspired them to get out. Or, on the flip side, from people that can't ride any longer due to a physical limitation, they get sure. to live vicariously through you. And what cool. you're doing means the world to so many people. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing that. And, and you know, even hearing stuff like that kind of helps, you know, keep, it helps me, you know, uh, but it keep me going as well. So, it's, me- yeah, mean- it's nice. Meanwhile, if there's ever a book made about your life, this right here ha- has probably got to be the cover of that book. I love this photo. I'm not. I can't. I can't see who who the photographer is. Enrique. A, Enrique. Beautiful yeah. photograph. Absolutely yeah. beautiful yeah. photograph. Yeah, buddy. And yeah, he's a good photographer. Do you have plans on doing a book about this trip, even if it's a photo journal? Yeah. Um. I I, I probably I, I think so. Um, 
I'm hesitant to say yes, just in case I don't actually do it. Um, I kind of, sort of, maybe? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I've actually just been put a lot of thought into uh, what I would really want to say in the book and, and what the point of the book would be beyond just a, a, a travel dialogue, you know? Um, uh -huh. of, you know, I went here, I went here, I went here. I, I would like to think that I could produce something with a little more depth. And I'm just, I think I'm right now in the stages of just trying to figure out what what, what point I'm trying to get across. Well, you, look, you have a lot of time to think about it. So <laughs> you do have, uh, you do have roads for journeys that we want to talk about. Yeah. <clears throat> so roads are for journeys is, is, is basically a travel blog. And it's where I've been posting a little more consistent uh, stories. It's, it's been about every week and a half to two weeks. I'm trying to get, get that down to at least once a week. Uh, if not even more frequently than that. Um, so, you know, that's a good place to go if you're looking for um, just a little bit longer uh, dialogue about what's been happening on this trip beyond, you know, what's posted on social media. And um, also to sort of uh, stories in the interim between, you know, Cycle Source magazine, you know, articles, of course, as well. So, um and, you know, sometimes these stories, it, you know, they aren't necessarily in order of how the trip is, is you know, coming along. Um, you know, this most current one is actually uh, just about, you know, essentially one day in a town called uh, Montepulciano, Italy. Yeah. And, you know, and so I'll, you know, be sprinkling in... Um, you know, into this blog, just, uh, you know, s s you know, specific snippets of the trip and occasionally maybe just a big overview as well. But, you know, it's, it's 12 bucks per year to sign up. Oh, so it's a dollar, dollar a month, which is nothing really. Yeah. Um, you know, but it all adds up and it helps to basically keep, you know, gas in the tank and food in the stomach and all that stuff. You know, this, you know, the, the traveling is amazing, but it, it, it isn't cheap. No. So I, I do it as cheaply as possible, but it still adds up. I, lo I, love, the, I love the byline here. I'm now 20,067.4 miles into this motorcycle trip, according to my Garmin GPS. That's a lot of miles in one go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's great, man. It's great. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, this is it's, – it's incredible – incredible what you're getting to do equally as incredible what you're bringing to people through that so you know please please don't stop if you have any extra stuff that you want to share you know you guys out there make sure you go to roadsr4journeys.com check that out we'll share a link get um get get on with charlie at traveling chopper on instagram and you know like he said uh, monthly contribution to cycle source magazine you can check out all the time but did did we miss anything there that where people need to hook up with you? No, that's that's pretty inclusive. Um, yeah, roadsoverjourneys.com, uh, Instagram, roadsoverjourneys, and Traveling Chopper. And then, of course, uh, Cycle Source Magazine. 
So, yeah. I have a question before we let him go. Are you keeping, like, do you mark a map or anything so there's a visual of where you went? Like, if somebody said, hey, I want to recreate your Italian trip, would you? would be impossible. (laughs) (laughs) So next time we are going to put a tracker on you um, so people can actually follow where you are. I would say if you want if you want to recreate this trip, yeah, just find like the, the smallest, the smallest, twistiest, worst condition roads you can find, and just do all of those. And that's where you were. <laughs> and that's probably where I was. That's awesome. Because that's pretty much how I pick a route. You know, I basically at the end of every day, I open the map and I pick a town that's a reasonable distance away, and then I just find the most uh, out of the way, curviest way of getting there as possible. That's awesome. And my next yeah. question is you have roughly four months left of this journey. Can yeah. we check in with you again in, sure. a, in like yeah. another month or so just to see how it's progressed and where you are? Yeah, yeah well, we yeah, definitely we definitely want to bring people an update too about about what, what the next chapter of this is going to be. You know, what you, yeah. what you end up doing, you know, if what what wins current events or or your stubborn nature <laughs> yeah yeah i'm voting for charlie yeah we'll see my vote's with charlie <laughs> yep i think it's awesome well buddy listen if not if nothing else be safe out there let us know if you need anything that we can reach out to the community you know we got we got friends in different parts of the world that we can reach out to but obviously you do too if you're stopping at little cafes on the side of a french countryside and and people and they know you yeah (laughs) but yeah cool definitely look forward to to your to your next installment and where everything goes from here but thank you so much for taking time with us today yeah likewise yeah thank you too right on man well hey listen guys uh we're still rolling on with the rest of shop talk here we're going to take a look at a new product real quick when we come back on the other side of this um we got some events and stuff to go through maybe some tech stick around you're watching shop talk through the courtesy of the dennis kirk motorcycle studio hey this is chris and heather with smoke out smoke out is going back to salisbury the original rowan county fairgrounds the reason why we signed on after two decades of this event going on and seeing two generations of chopper jockeys come out of it. We want it to be here for another generation. We're having a thing called the Legacy Invitational. Let's ask some of the, the smoke out OGs, guys like Paul Cox, Billy Lane, Jeff Cochran, Steve Broyles, Donnie Luce, Pat Patterson, Bill Dodd to come in and set up. And we've also assigned them the task of inviting a legacy builder, either newer builder or someone that's new to smoke out to bring in as their legacy. From what I understand, the people made this event. Yeah. Like you guys made this event and that's what we want to bring back. Yeah. Um, smoke out's back. We're going back a few steps. Rowan County Fairgrounds. Tell your friends smoke out is going back to Salisbury. We'll see you in September of 22. You better get to work. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm with Banks Brothers Motorcycles. One of the things I want to show you today is our new improved engine puller. The changes to this machine has been in the arms and in the hands. We put hind joints in the hand to allow rotation of the engine, which makes it easier to get it in and out of the frame. With the angle change, we have equal clamping pressure on them, 
And over here we have what's called the posi lock, which allows this to be locked in place and the engine can't swing from side to side. And we're gonna show you just how easy it is to pull the motor out of the bike right now. George is actually gonna come in, make contact with the cylinders, tighten it down, you gonna pull it out of there. You lift it up, rotate it, and bring it, the assembly out of the frame. You see the motor starting to move, and it centers itself. This allows no side play once the motor's in place, and it keeps it safe, it can't fall out. Visit BanksBrothersMotorcycles.com to order your Banks lift. This is Rick from RKB, and you're watching Shop Talk. Hey, this is Chris with Cycle Source Magazine. I'm in the garage today working on the Dennis Kirk Garage Build FXR Evolution. What is that? It's a performance-based FXR that we're going to build throughout the year. At the end, you're going to have a chance to win it at Sturgis. Go to DennisKirkGarageBuild.com for more information and stay tuned to see how this thing comes together. Shop Talk Tech Tips are brought to you by SNS. Proven performance for the power sports industry. What's going on, everyone? This is Josh from Steel City Blacksmithing. Uh, today, we're going to be building an exhaust using a CT Newman Engineering exhaust cutting fixture. So, I'm going to take you through the assembly of the fixture and uh, how to build an exhaust with it. So, first up, you got to weld the bolt to the center of the fixture. It's nice, not much to it. Um, recommended in the instructions that are very detailed to use 308 or 309 fill rod as the bolt's stainless. Uh, I'm using a Lincoln Square Wave 200 TIG and a uh, Jazzy 10 332nd tungsten. Nothing too fancy. The instructions say to be mindful of uh, warping the base plate, so I'm going to let that cool down a little. That should be good. So next we got to assemble the core plates. Um, they all call for two of these plates, three of these tall spacer tabs. They have a taller tab on the uh, top. Uh, you'll know the difference between the tall ones and the short ones. And a pointer tab. It says in the instructions to use the bolt as a uh, pin to align it. That seems to be the easiest way to do it. your second plate on the top you'll know if your tabs aren't right because this will be down in there make sure everything is nice and flush looks good I'm gonna use the nut to hold the plates down um, it says in the instructions just use fusion tacks you want everything to be nice and flush uh, if you're using a MIG welder you'll want to grind your tacks down uh, it just calls for tacks you don't need anything crazy to hold it together
that process on uh, the two other plates. Next is the assembly of the uh, circular cover plates. Uh, pretty simple. In the cover plate, you need three or four short tabs. The smaller one's gonna get three, obviously. Pretty simple stuff. I'm gonna use the bolt and the nut for a hold down. Then repeat the process for the two other plates. So next up, it says to weld either the wings on, which are these, or the miter guide. I'm setting this up for a Powermatic Model 87 bandsaw with a 24 inch table. Um, my miter guide is like right on the outside of this plate. So I'm gonna weld the wings on first so I have something to put the miter guide under. So. I beveled that, uh, I suggest to bevel it and grind your weld smooth. So I beveled it, I uh, got a prep, now uh, I'm gonna load it. So now that we got the wings welded on, ground smooth, um, it's time to weld the miter guide on. After measuring about a thousand times, we found out that the table and the blade isn't square. So we kind of had to compensate for it. This part of the uh, assembly of this fixture, is kind of going to be unique for everybody. Everybody's saw is going to be a little bit different. So you kind of just have to do what will work for you and make sure that the blade doesn't hit the fixture uh, sliding through that slot. Definitely take your time during this part and make sure uh, everything's right for whatever you have. So we're just gonna tack it on and make sure it slides and then uh, if it does, we'll go ahead and weld it on. So you can slide all the way through that travel without the blade touching the fixture. So we're pretty good where we're at. They put three holes in that uh, piece of metal to uh, plug weld. Um, since mine's kind of hanging off the side, I don't know if I'm gonna do that. I might just put a couple little beads here and here on the outside. So after I verified that it will travel all the way through there without interfering with the blade, uh, everything looked right. I went ahead and finished the welds on the end of the miter guide. I put two half inch welds on the outside here because my miter guide is hanging over the edge of this plate. Uh, I was able to do that. 
Um, in other situations, you'd be able to flip it and fill the holes that are uh, provided. Um, this part of the assembly is kind of going to be unique for every different bandsaw out there. So uh, it's kind of going to be whatever works for you in your situation. But uh, I think we're ready to move on to the next part. Unfortunately, the exhaust builder kit I bought, uh, the radius doesn't match any of the supplied uh, fixtures. So all I'm doing is lining up this edge with this side of the fixture because I need this piece for my bike. Pulling the exhaust tubing down until the radius touches right about here. Um, not too far because you want this to be up against the fixture. Um, lining up your mark with the blade. Tightening the first nut to hold that angle. Top plate on. Make sure that's lined up with your blade so you don't cut it. So after finishing up my exhaust today using the CT Newman engineering exhaust cutting fixture, I couldn't be happier with how the tool performed. It made the entire job go together a lot easier than just freehanding your cuts on a bandsaw. I would definitely suggest it to anybody planning on building an exhaust in the future. It's definitely a valuable tool to have in your shop, even if you only use it every once in a blue moon, uh, it'll save you a ton of time. So it's definitely worth the investment. Uh, I'd like to give Chris from Cycle Source Magazine a shout out for letting me use his fixture and uh, giving it a try on my own bike. All right, so hey, um, it's been a fantastic show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Can't can't believe everything that we got into this time slot, man. This is uh, it's fantastic. Thank you again so much to Charlie for taking the time to spend with us here and share some of his story. You can look for a uh, a follow up with him in a, in another month or so. Yeah, we'll, I'm so excited. Yeah, we'll. I hit hope him he again. makes it. Like I'm so rooting for Charlie. Yeah, right on. Me like, too. Even if he has to go through the stands. Me too. In the meantime, um, we're only about a month away from the Twisted T T-Dragger giveaway from closing out. Uh, you want to get over to TwistedT.com today. Sign up for that. It's completely free. Go check that out. Yeah. It's, you built another one that I want to keep. I know. You got to stop especially, doing that. Like, especially after we tuned that thing in and actually right? and actually got some time on yeah. it. He God, that bike is these fun. these great bikes that we have to give away. It kind of pisses me off. But, just saying. you know, someone out there is going to get an incredible bike. Um, go to TwistedT.com today and check that out. And remember, 
this whole thing surrounds a magazine, which is now, we can officially announce this, right? Can we officially announce that we're going back up? Sure. We can. Okay. So um, during COVID, you know, everybody had to change how they were doing everything. And we did too, obviously. Um, in one fell swoop, all of our magazines were on the docks of and the went shipping. went into the trash. Yeah, because half of the distribution places closed for COVID. At that point, we scaled back to six issues a year. Mm -hmm. um, we're moving back up. So good news for our subscribers, all the events, all the feature bike people that have been waiting on us to get our ship back we're together. We're going to 10. We're going to be doing 10. 10 issues a year. 10 power-packed issues a year. I know. We might even maybe be increasing pages. Yep. There's some talk about yeah, that, we too. got some More uh, content. Since since we're everybody keeps telling us, hey, you're you're the last one, you're the last one. We want to reach a little bit more, so we're going to put some more content out there. We hope you guys are digging it. Mm -hmm. um, but go to go to cyclesource.com today. Check out everything that so we're doing. Smash the subscribe button. Is that what they say? I can't believe you said that. Just can't can't even believe you said it. Well, it's not like I said smash the loser. <gasps> <laughs> hey, in the meantime, man, uh, thank you guys for watching. Like I said, this has been a pre-recorded episode of Shop Talk, and sadly, we do not have one of my m most important components in the show. When I say same chopper time, and she says same chopper channel, who's gonna say bye, Felicia? We can do it together. It can be a group effort. Okay, you ready? Bye, Bye, Felicia. Felicia. It's just not the same when he's not here. Yeah. We'd like to thank our sponsors for their continued support, and we hope you pay them a visit when you're in the market for great motorcycle parts, products, and events. SNS Cycles, Lacuna American, Baco Parts, The Broken Spoke Saloon, Twisted Tea, The Iron Horse Saloon, High Seas Rally, Twisted Choppers, Twin Power, Drag Specialties, Geico. Law Tigers, Tech Cycle, Fueling Parts, Lone Star Rally, Hijinx Apparel, Progressive Insurance, Spectra Oil, No School Choppers, Motion Pro Tools.